Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts. An exponential rise in cases. The rate of infection has been doubling every three to four days. Sweden takes a relaxed approach to the pandemic. Schools, kindergartens, bars, restaurants, ski resorts all remain open. And we look into the strange world of COVID deniers. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The UK has seen its largest daily rise in the number of people dying from coronavirus. 181 people died in the 24 hours to Friday. The announcement came as Boris Johnson, Health Secretary Matt Hancock and Chief Medical Officer Chris Whitty all announced they were self-isolating after experiencing symptoms. The Prime Minister will continue to lead the country whilst working from home. On Friday, Michael Gove chaired the government's daily press conference in his place. He confirmed that two more temporary coronavirus hospitals were being built, but said the rate of infection is doubling in the UK every three to four days. These figures are a powerful reminder of the need for all of us to act. Strict social distancing measures have been put in place to restrict the spread of COVID-19, so fewer people should need hospital treatment at any one time. While the official case count continues to rise, the actual number of cases is thought to be much higher. But how many of us in Britain already have the virus? I asked The Telegraph's Harry DeKettville if there was any way of estimating. Well, it's impossible to know because of the shortage of tests. All that we can say for sure is that the official total, now including the Prime Minister, is nothing like the real picture. Estimates for that range from the tens of thousands of cases to the tens of millions. And those very different numbers mean very different ways of handling the crisis. On the one hand, if a research paper suggesting tens of millions of us have already had the disease is right, then hurrah, we've already got over the worst of it. The NHS has survived without even being put to the test, and the disease is far less fatal than we thought. On the other hand, a much lower figure suggests we're just at the beginning of the outbreak, with the grim death toll and desperate pressure on the health service all ahead of us. Without widespread population testing, it's impossible to know the spread for sure. And of course, it's very hard to do that in the middle of such a crippling pandemic. But curiously, it has happened twice, first on the cruise ship the Diamond Princess, and then in the town of Vaux, site of Italy's first corona death. In both cases, every single person was tested. And in both situations, the majority of confirmed cases had no or just mild symptoms, 
meaning people didn't even know they had the disease. Such asymptomatic cases will be critical to how quickly we can get back to life as normal, and it all depends on one thing, how infectious those people are. It seems certain they can pass on the disease to people who may then suffer seriously and even die, but earlier this month the WHO said it didn't think such infections were a major driver of transmission. Only mass testing will clear all this up, testing that will also be needed if we are to stay on top of the virus once the current outbreak has been controlled. And in that way, life will not go back to normal for a long time yet. France has extended its lockdown period by two weeks, just one day after Spain took the same precaution. Elsewhere in Europe, Scandinavia is seeing very different responses to the crisis. They're joined by a bridge, but Sweden and Denmark are miles away in their approaches to tackling coronavirus. Unlike its Nordic neighbours, Sweden is making headlines for its comparatively relaxed measures. The government today banned gatherings of more than 50 people, but schools, restaurants and gyms remain open. A growing number of Swedish doctors and scientists are raising alarm over their government's approach to the pandemic. Richard Orange sent me this report from Malmö. Mullevong Square in the city of Malmö was as busy as ever on Thursday night, showing that unlike everywhere else in Europe, Sweden is decidedly not in lockdown. I asked Frederick Glukman and Elias Billman, as they knocked back beers, what they think of their country's relaxed approach. Great. We prom- we trust them. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. We love our government. Yeah, so. This is Swedish, uh, Swedish trusting government. <laughs> While every other country in Europe has one after another gone into coronavirus lockdown, Sweden remains the stubborn exception. Schools, kindergartens, bars, restaurants, ski resorts, sports clubs and hairdressers all remain open. Universities have been closed and the country on Friday banned gatherings of more than 50 people. But when I spoke to him, Sweden's state epidemiologist Anders Tegnell didn't see the need for stronger measures. It will turn out to be difficult, he argued, for other countries to maintain the lockdown measures they have instituted for long enough to keep the virus in check. So far, it's hard to see any negative consequences of Sweden's policy, As of Friday afternoon, 96 people had died of the virus in Sweden. And at about nine deaths per million inhabitants, the death rate is still rising at the same rate as in lockdown Denmark next door. Tegnell suspects that the measures countries put in place won't have much effect anyway. I wouldn't be too surprised if it ended up about the same way for all of us, irrespective of what we're doing right now. But he doesn't rule out bringing in tougher measures in future. When he does make a move, Glückman and Billman are prepared to toe the line. When we get to hear from our government that you have to stay in, do like you do in Britain, then we will. We will do that. Britons are being urged not to move house to try to limit the spread of the virus. Ministers say buyers and renters should delay their moves while stay-at-home measures are in place. It comes amid reports banks are pressing for a full suspension of the UK housing market. The Telegraph's senior personal finance reporter Adam Williams says the property market was already grinding to a halt. The number of buyers looking for new properties is down substantially. Estate agents have closed their doors and banks have withdrawn a lot of mortgage deals for homeowners. So there was a lot of concern already about whether these property sales will be able to continue naturally before the government made this intervention. What happens if you're trying to buy a property at the moment? 
where it's going to be very difficult to actually get a mortgage over the line. Some lenders, such as Virgin Money and Skipton Building Society, have already suspended all new house purchase applications. So even if you've got that far down the process, found your dream home, you're going to find it very difficult to get mortgage finance. The main reason for this is because no valuers and surveyors can actually visit the properties under the current uh, coronavirus guidelines. So no one can actually perform an accurate valuation on the property, meaning lenders are unlikely to want to give you money against it. Where there's a huge news story, there's misinformation around it online. And the coronavirus pandemic hasn't bucked the trend. I've heard the coronavirus originally came from bat soup. I live in France and it's very, very hard at the moment to buy any tonic water because people think that the quinine in it is a cure. I've read that eating raw garlic can reduce your chances of getting coronavirus. I heard that hot drinks keep the throat moist and that the virus hates heat. I've heard that a surprisingly large number of people in the US think that it's been transmitted through Corona beer. I saw in Iran that like over 190 people have died because they were drinking industrial strength alcohol after seeing online that it got rid of COVID-19. From the harmless to the very, very harmful, social media users are today being urged not to share misinformation exactly like that online. The government-backed Don't Spread the Virus campaign is being launched by the Centre for Countering Digital Hate. It encourages people to report misleading posts to social media platforms and group admins. But there's one cohort of internet users who seem to be spreading misinformation with more fervour than the rest. Jordan Kelly Linden from The Telegraph's global health security team tells us about the shady world of COVID deniers. The corner of the internet occupied by coronavirus deniers is absolutely bizarre. You've got people claiming that China was using the outbreak to cull the elderly. And even though people are dying by their thousands all across the world, there's some allegations that say COVID-19 is just a common cold hoax. When researching this topic, we even came across someone who wrote, when this is all said and done, I believe we'll have fallen for a $2 trillion scam. It is so unnerving to see conspiracy theories like this that have no scientific or legitimate backing gain traction online. You know, going viral. And actually, what's most alarming is that these discussions aren't happening in some dark corner of the internet. All these social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and even WhatsApp, are awash with fake news and dangerous misinformation. And on the one hand, some of the worst stuff does come from professional gossip mongers and potsterers. And before you know it, they've got 400,000 views and hundreds of shares. But then there's the stuff that's much closer to home. So looking at these groups, most of which aren't private, and the comments under these videos and stuff, you start to see ordinary members of the public buying into it. Now, they're someone's family, they're someone's friend, and they're sharing these wild posts onto their timelines, into their WhatsApp groups. And then people who aren't even engaging with these conspiracy theories in the first place all of a sudden start to be exposed to it, and then they themselves engage with it by accident. You know, the other day, <laughs> I even saw my uncle sharing that post, and you might have seen it, that claimed you have contracted COVID-19 if you cannot hold your breath without coughing for 10 seconds. It's completely false. But he fell for it, and that's the scariest bit about it. And what we found is that this phenomenon, it's not unique to any one platform, and it goes deeper. So some of this misinformation becomes a lot more subtle and a lot harder to spot. Now, Facebook and all these big tech giants say that they're constantly taking posts like this down and that they're redirecting people to expert advice from the NHS and the World Health Organization. But 
there's hundreds of thousands of examples out there and we found them easily. So it doesn't really feel like they're having much of an effect. You know, these ideas and snippets of disinformation, they're so contagious. Mainly it's about not engaging with these crackpot theories or reporting them or blocking that random person that's just popped up on your timeline for no reason. Or what you could do as well is actually engage with them, which is what I did with my uncle who fell for that whole holding your breath hoax. That's all from me until Monday evening, but you can stay up to date with all the latest news on The Telegraph's website. Get your first 30 days access completely free at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. If you're twiddling your thumbs, I'm going to put some links to my top weekend reads in the show notes, including our resident psychologist Linda Blair's tips on staying calm over the pandemic and Michael Hogan's top box set picks for the self-isolating over 70s. If you have a question you'd like one of our journalists or experts to answer on next week's shows, email me a voice note. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. Or you can, of course, just type it in an email. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and this is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph.